Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barik ala nebiyyina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellema tesliman kathira. Mubad. Elhamdülillah. It's with a pleasure that I'm able to sit again with the brothers here in Salafi Center, Manchester, and again go through some of the ahadith from the Kitab al-Sunnah, from Sunnah Nabi Dawood, with the Ikhwah, and just mention some of the benefits that I mentioned from our Mashayikh, um, namely, Sheikh Ahmed Al-Najmi, Rahimahullah, as well as the benefits from Sheikh and Sheikh Ubaid Al-Jabri, Hafidahullah Ta'ala. And the purpose, the purpose of us sitting and going through these ahadith and understanding these ahadith is not just to merely continue from where we left off and try to finish the, you know, the kitab. Um, however, the purpose is no doubt to read through the hadith, understand the hadith, benefit from those sayings of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and try and take as much as we can from it. For no doubt, this is in relation to our adherence to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is where our affair of Salafia begins. Call it a tawheed. Adherence to the Sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, understanding these affairs in accordance with the Faham of the Salaf Salih. And so, before we begin, as it's been a, a while since we last sat down together, and maybe some of you haven't sat with us, we won't go through any of the previous hadith, a hadith but I wanted to mention again, this one just as a refresh some of the affairs in relation to hadith itself, the study of hadith itself and some of the affairs in relation to understanding hadith and differentiating between different forms of hadith and understanding how a hadith are explained as well Naam, how the, how the muhaddithun will go about explaining a hadith also and Allah Ta'ala knows best so to begin with in relation to this affair, we have the definition of hadith, the definition of a hadith. And does anyone know what a hadith is in definition? How would you just describe a hadith? Conditional words? Now, good start. Now, statements, actions. Sign approval, physical attributes, and? Mannerisms. You missed, the, you missed the, maybe the most important part though. All that's true, but of, of who though? The Prophet Naam. So, a hadith in definition are the statements, the actions, the silent approvals. What is meant by silent approvals? Sallallahu Alaihi So an action is done in the presence of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
and he does not now he does not criticize Naam does not criticize him doing the action. This is regarded as being a silent approval. And then you have the descriptions of him. Description of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi whether that be the descriptions of his physical, Naam, the physical description of him, والسلام, or a description of his mannerisms. Now all of these affairs are regarded as being a hadith, and this likewise is a definition of a sunnah. This likewise is a definition of a sunnah. And you find as well that this is a definition for a seerah. So all three are mutaradif. mutaradif. So, uh, hadith, sunnah and seerah. Naam. And so the hadith, we understand the hadith, we understand that narrations are of different types. Hadith are of different types. The first is what you describe as a hadith al-Qudsi. Al-Hadith al-Qudsi. And this is a narration that the Prophet narrates directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So mention, for example, فَقَالَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ فِي مَا رَوَى عَنْ رَبِّهِ For example. So, the Prophet ﷺ said, from what he narrates from his Lord. So he's narrating directly from Allah Ta'ala. This is the Hadith Qudsi. Then, we have Al-Hadith which is known as Marfu' Al-Hadith Marfu' Al-Hadith Marfu' is a narration that is directly from attributed to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And Marfu' is of two types Marfu' Sarihan and Marfu' Hukman So we have a hadith which is Marfu' attributed to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi directly and then we have a narration which is attributed to the Messenger of Allah والسلام, in ruling. How do you think that occurs here? How can the narration take the ruling of one which is attributed to the Messenger of Allah? Sallam. So a companion mentions an affair which is impossible for him to have known by himself. Naam, for example, what? what sort of affair would this be? Something related to the past prophets or? Because sometimes maybe this is from the Shra'iliyat. So what else? Something from the future. Naam. Something from the future. Yani, generally speaking, something from the Ghaib. Something from the unseen. So, so, uh, uh, a companion will mention something from the ghaib. And so we know that this no, that not, has not come from himself, but has come from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Naam. And we know, no doubt, that he's not lying about this narration because all of the sahaba are thiqat adul. All of the companions are upright. Naam adul. Trustworthy. And so this is the hadith which is marfu' hukman.
Then we have a narration which is Mokuf. Mokuf. Do you know what Mokuf is? Mokuf. Something which is a statement or action of a companion of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Naam. So it's not attributed to the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, however it's attributed to his companion. Now it's attributed to his companion. And Shaykh Ufaymin, rahimahullah, he mentions that a statement or action of a companion is accepted as haqq as long as two conditions are fulfilled. As long as two conditions are fulfilled. The first of those conditions is that it does not contradict something that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said and done. Now, could no doubt the Sunnah of the Nabi Alayhi Salatu Wasallam takes precedence of everything else. The second is that it does not contradict a statement or action of another Sahabi. Naam. Because if it does, then this is now the Mahal Khilaf. This is something where there's a difference of opinion. And so it's upon the person to differentiate between that which is the stronger of the two. Now this is a hadith from Muqtur. And then we have that which is the Maqtur. Maqtur. The Maqtur is in relation to what? Maqtur. Now. So you can say, or anyone less than that in in generation. So it's a narration of a tabi or anyone less than that. So it doesn't reach the level of the sahabi, it reaches the level of the tabi or anyone less than the tabi and a narration of them. Naam. So these are the different forms of hadith. In relation to the hadith itself, من حيث الصحة والقبول الرد يعني in relation to its acceptance or the rejection then there are three main categories three main categories the first of the three is a hadith al-sahih hadith al-sahih this is the hadith which is regarded as being authentic narration and there are how many conditions for a hadith to be declared sahih or reach the level of sahih? How many conditions? Five. Naam. Five. And who knows them? I want them in a particular order though. I'll explain why I want that order afterwards, inshallah. Who knows them? These five conditions. The chain has to be connected. The rawat, the narrators, have to be trustworthy. No. In the terms of their deen. Something else in relation to the narrator. The narrators. Sound, memory, or precision yani, to be more to be more to be more precise. So the narrators have to be precise as well. Okay? It's good because you stayed in order when it does well. The next 
no shul, no shul. It's not, it doesn't oppose a narration which is more authentic than it. Naam. Wala. No illa. There's not any, there cannot be any hidden defects. Naam. There cannot be any hidden defects. Tayyip. And so, these are the five conditions. That the chain has to be connected, the chain of narration has to be connected. That you find all the narrators are upright in their deen, have adal, trustworthy in their deen. That all the narrators have dubbed, all of the narrators have precision. That you find that there are no contradictions in the narration, shudu. And that there are no hidden defects. You find it doesn't come with any hidden defects. So from these conditions, there are two types. Naam shurut thubutiyya wa manfiyya. You have the shurut that have to be present. Those are the first three that we mentioned. The connection to the chain, trustworthy narrators, naam, that is the there's precision of the narrators. All of these conditions have to be there. Naam. Whilst the two, we have the shurut which are manfiya. The shurut which cannot be there. Which are the shurut that the, narrat the narrators cannot be. Shad, I cannot oppose a narration more authentic than it. And likewise, there cannot be any hidden defects. So, in relation to the first, the chain of narration being connected, how does the chain of narration not be connected? If a person is missing in the chain, naam, if a person is missing in that chain, or there can be two people missing in the chain, or a person just mentioned the narration, however they haven't mentioned a bunch of people in the chain, these are, all, these are all examples of that. Sometimes a person may even miss out someone in the chain. Naam, deliberately. Now, for what reasons? To have the person. Wabah. No, so they, they sometimes they don't want to, they don't want to mention the person because it's just daif. Sometimes they, they don't want to mention the person because of the, 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 the state of that person. Like for example, young age and things like this. So then you might find breaks in the chain for these reasons. No. Uh and then we have the adalat al-rawi. so the trustworthiness of the narrators. This is the condition, it has to be there for the hadith to be sahih. Naam, how does this, how does something oppose this? What's the greatest way that a person's adala could be um, could be rejected? Open to something greater than that. Greater than that. And kafir. Naam. So the first thing is that a person has to be Muslim. In order to be regarded as trustworthy, a person has to be Muslim. Naam. Then likewise, as brothers have mentioned, Naam. That the person, if a person is upon innovation, it's no doubt it affects their adala. 
If a person's a sinner, fasak, affects their adala, now affects their uprightness. What's something which is lesser so? It still can affect adala, but it's not something which is seen as a da'af and shadid, a severe weakness. Khara'im muru'ah. Naam. Someone that's fallen into something which is seen as a shameful action. Naam. However, the khawarim, something which is seen as a shameful action or something which is not befitting, then this is an action which is uh, mainly in relation to the urf nas Naam. Mainly in relation to the custom of the people. Naam. So, an example of that. Best if you're in a land and it's seen as to be shameful to be outside eating. Naam. And this is something where a person that is seen to be carrying the narration of the Nabi alayhi salatu salam, he should be carrying himself in the best of manners as well. Naam. So if a person falls into an action which is seen to not to be befitting, then in that scenario, it can be mentioned that this is from the khawarim and muru'ah. Naam. So it affects the adal. However, it cannot be said that this is a, a severe weakness. Naam, a severe weakness. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. And this is a, no doubt an indication of the sharf. Naam, the honor which is given in relation to the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. That merely one that is known to have memorized something from the sunnah or written down something from the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Now, he carries a degree of responsibility. Naam, and how he carries himself as a person. Naam. And Imam Malik, rahimahullah, he mentions something likewise. He mentions that before going to the gatherings of, the narr- of, 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 of narrating hadith, that they would wear their best robes. Naam, they would purify themselves, like wash themselves. And perfume themselves before going to the gatherings. And this is an indication of the sharaf. Of the honorable affair of that they mentioned. They mentioned the hadith from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Naam. And so this all is in relation to this affair of the khawarim al muru'ah. Naam. Um, then we mentioned the dabt, the dabt al rabi. Naam. The precision of the narrator. And the precision of the narrator is of two types. Naam. Dabt al sadr wa dabt al kitabah. So we have the precision which is of the direct memory of that narrator and the precision of that which he has written down. Naam, the precision of his memory and the precision of what he's written. What can affect, or what can, what can, naam, what can be an effect upon this precision? Loss of memory, bad memory. Naam. Now, so then, same thing that is, is his memory becomes weaker. Now, he's weak. either his memory has always been weak or it becomes weaker over time. And so, they differentiate between when it was strong and then at this before this time it was strong and this time it's become weaker. Now, it's a weak memory. What else? Now, now, even to this day, the, 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 the brothers they say, if you leave your books, it's the That's even a shameful action because. If the person's written down, now I'm written down a hadith. However, he does not guard that book. Now does not guard that daftar that he that he's written down the hadith, and so he leaves it somewhere. So he leaves it somewhere, 
in a place where it's, it could be, it's possible someone could take it and manipulate it. And manipulate that which has been written in it. This affects the dubt of his kitab. Naam. Because he's careless about the book that he's written in. So he's left it and it could be left to be taken and manipulated with by someone else. So when he comes to the gathering now of narrating the hadith and he opens it up, that which he's reading is not, what he, is not the same thing he wrote down previously. Naam. So it affects, it's an effect of the dubt of his kitab. He's careless of what, what he's written down. Naam. Then we have the fourth that we mentioned, the fourth category that we mentioned, which was Adam al-Shudur, that the narration cannot be shad. The narration cannot affect or oppose the narration which is, which is more authentic than it. Naam. Example. So you have, for example now, a particular hadith I can't think at the moment, All I can remember at the moment I can remember is that there was they had two narrations about a particular affair. Naam. And there was some of the narrators were from the Khawats of Hamad and Zaid. Naam from the his close students that narrate this hadith. They're all fiqata. And in some of them, they narrate from Hamad, they narrated the same narration, or, or say narrated an opposing narration from Hamad ibn Zayd. Naam. Different meaning. So one was from the close, his close students, and one was from those that weren't as close to him. Naam. And then they, but they're all trustworthy. But they're, they're opposite in meaning. So which one would you say take precedence? The one that were closest to him. Naam, those students that were closest to him. Because they had more malazma with him. Naam, they, were, they spent more time with him. And so due to that fact that they spent more time with him, they would have heard this narration, maybe more so. I'd be more aware. That one's going to be shad. Naam, the reason why we say as well, we discuss the narration as shad, i.e. they're all thiqat. Everyone involved is thiqat. Everyone involved is trustworthy. The reason why we don't mention now those that are not trustworthy because it goes without saying. Naam, If for now, if we say now that we have a narration, all the narrations are trustworthy and have another narration that opposes it and all, the, all of these narrators aren't trustworthy, for example, or there are some narrators that aren't trustworthy. There's no discussion. This one's taken anyway. Naam, the one with trustworthy narrators is taken. But if, if this one contains all the trustworthy narrators, and this one contains all of the trustworthy narrators as well, but they oppose each other in meaning, then we have to look at which one is more trustworthy than the other. Naam, the one which is more trustworthy is mahfuz and so is sahih, whilst the other one is regarded as being shad. Naam, Allah Ta'ala knows best. Naam, then we have the fifth, which is the Adam al-Illa. Naam, that there's no hidden defect. Why do we say hidden defect? Why do you say there's no hidden defect? Why do you say there's no defect? Not apparent to everyone. Sah. But why do we say this is hidden though? 
سنو تشال again it goes about saying if you know it's, it's if you know if the defect خلاص we know however a hidden defect يحتاج الى بحث is needed that the that the this this hadith or these narrations are revised or these narrations are you, you seek for you seek out any defect within it نعم that any defect is sort of in it. and this is in of itself this affair of illa or illal the discussion of defects within hadith is a science in of itself Naam is a science in of itself Naam because a hadith on the face of it may look like it's fine, safi, clear however after some research you find that there are some defects within it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best Naam, so these are the five Naam, these are the five and then we have uh, after Sahih we have the second category which is Hadithun Hassan. Naam. And Hadith Hassan is of two types. Hassan Lidatihi wa Hassan Lidatihi. The first Hassan Lidatihi, what is the Hassan Lidatihi in definition? Okay. What makes it Hassan? Precision. The same thing, but precision. Naam. So it has all of the same same uh, conditions as Hadith Sahih, except for the affair of Dabt, precision. Except for the affair of Dabt, that their precision is lesser so. Is lesser. Naam, not necessarily a great degree less. However, there's, there's, they're less precise. And sometimes they refer to as being, for example, Suduq. Naam, Suduq. So it's lesser so. And so this is Hadith Hassan, Lidatihi. No doubt Hadith Hassan, Lidatihi, is Hadith which is Maqbool, it's accepted. Naam, or Hadith Hassan is Maqbool. And then we have a Hadith which is Hassan, Lighayrihi. Hadith Hassan Lighayrihi. And what's Hadith Hassan Lighayrihi? So in of itself, it's what? Da'if. In the narration by itself, standalone, it's Da'if, it's weak. However, Naam. However, the other narrations come together and they support one another in order for it to become to the level of Hassan Lighayrihi. Jayyid. Um, what, what is the condition though? The central condition? for a hadith to support, be able to, be able to support another hadith. It can't be a start from shadid. Naam, it can't be extreme weakness. So you can't have a hadith narration of extreme weakness and you try to bring another narration with extreme weakness and bring it together and say, Alhamdulillah, Hassan No. It has to be the fact that they have, Naam, they have minor or lesser weaknesses. Naam. So what's regarded as being extreme weakness, for example? Having a liar in the chain. Someone's kadab. Someone's kadab, you can't strengthen their narration. Naam. 
Levi Yaktib, how can we strengthen the narration? The notes we lie on. What else? Mutaham Bikathib. When it's accused of lying. Naam, hadith is matruq. So, what's the difference between the one that's a liar and the one that's accused of lying? There's one, there's doubt, naam, but how, why, high and, uh, how and why, sorry. It's not been proven, but there's something specific. Because you can't just accuse someone of lying, for example, if that makes sense. You can't just say Fulan's a liar and then all of these hadith is rejected. There has to be something that made that that, that made it substantial. Something's done something some something sorry substantial that makes it possible to accuse him of lying. No. So, for example, the one that lies, the one that's kadab, for example. Who's this individual? He lies upon what? The Messenger of Allah. So when we're talking about the Qadab, the liar, we're talking about not just any liar, we're talking about the one that lies in relation to the speech of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Naam. So the one that's mutahim bil kadhib does what? He lies in relation to the speech of the people. Naam. So he lies in relation to the speech of the people. So because it's known that he lies in relation to the speech of the people, then it, then it is a fit that he will have no problem lying upon the Messenger of Allah. So it's not a fact that he's free from lying at all. No, he's a liar. Naam, he lies in relation to the speech of the people. However, it's not known, it's not affirmed that he has lied upon the Messenger of Allah. However, it's a fit. It's something which he's accused of, like you said. Naam, it's a fit that he could have lied upon. So, either or, they're both established to be liars. No doubt the one that lies upon the Nabi is worse because he's fallen into that to that uh, Whoever lies upon me intentionally let him take his seat within the hellfire. However, this individual still he lied in the speech of the, he's lied amongst the speech of the people. Again, this is something which is warned against. And Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentions the one from the sifat al-munafiqeen from the sifat al-munafiqeen is if he speaks, he lies. Naam. So a person has taken a sifa from the sifat of the munafiqeen attribute from the attributes of the munafiqeen. And so these are the um, these, are, these are examples of severe weaknesses that cannot strengthen a hadith cannot strengthen a narration. Naam. And what's a weakness which isn't as severe, for example? Naam. Weak memory. So this person has a weak memory, but he narrates a hadith. So he has a weak memory, but because he's got a weak memory, there's doubt in relation to the hadith itself, the narration itself. So it's da'if. Then you have another narration which strengthens it, has the same, has the same meaning. So they strengthen one another. Naam. So that's Hadith Hassan Lighayrihi. And that's also accepted. Hadith Hassan Lighayrihi is also accepted. Then we had Hadith which is Da'if. Hadith Ad-Da'if. So we have the Hadith narration which is weak. And so when they mention the narration which is weak, 
we have the general meaning, I have one which is more specific. Naam. The general meaning of a hadith, which is da'if, is in relation to anything, any narration, naam, that has opposed any of the any of the conditions of kabul, naam, any of the conditions of acceptance. And how many conditions are there of, of acceptance? You get this if you're on the ball, inshallah. Three conditions of acceptance. How many conditions of acceptance? How many conditions for a narration to be accepted? Five? No. No. Not three. Someone says, someone says zero. Just to let you know that there are conditions there. So there's not zero. Not zero. Ask question again. How many conditions are there in order for an for an narration to be accepted? Five? No. More than three. Let's put you out of your misery. <laughs> Six. Six. We have that the chain has to be connected. Yeah? That all of the narrators have to be trustworthy. Ainadin. That all of the narrators, the third, the third one is that all of the narrators have to have to have dubbed. They have to be precise in what they're narrating. We have that there cannot be a contradiction of a narration which is more authentic than it. Yes? Then we have there cannot be any hidden defects. The sixth one is that if needed, there's a narration that can strengthen it. And that's taken from what? Which Hassan did? The Ghairihi. Naam. Because Hassan, Hadith Sahih, and Hassan Lidatihi is covered in all five of the others. Naam. However, it does not cover Hassan, the Ghairihi. So then that's why you have that sixth one. Because Hassan al is accepted. Naam. So in order for a narration to be accepted, then we have these six conditions. That's why there's that sixth one added at the end. Naam. So if I ask again, inshallah, we clear a bit of the So a hadith which is da'if, generally speaking, is a narration that has one or more of these conditions missing. Naam. Has one or more of these conditions missing. So, for example, it's cause if it if it's has any of these conditions missing, then it's not accepted. And so, if it's not accepted, no doubt it's ta'if. Naam. It poses the six. Naam. If ta'if will pose the six in reality. Um, so, that's general. Then we have the specific. And specifically, when we, when we have the istilah, the terminology da'if, then this is in relation to, and this is as Sheikh Abdullah Bukhari he mentioned, this is in relation to a narration that's dubbed the narrator's precision 
is even less so than than Hassan. Naam. So you have the the, the 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 highest level of precision, which is Sahih. If it becomes any less than that, then it becomes Hassan. But if it becomes any less than that, then there's nothing left except that is Daif. Naam. Jayat. And then we have a fourth category, which is relatively Daif. However, due to the severity of its weakness, it's mentioned by itself. And that is one. Mawdu'ah. The hadith of Mawdu'ah. The hadith that is fabricated. Naam, the hadith which is fabricated a lie upon the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam. And then again, we mentioned the hadith, Man kadaba alayya muta'amadan, That whoever lies upon me intentionally, let him take his seat within the hellfire. Naam, this, is, this hadith is a, is a, this narration is a threat for the one that fabricates hadith. Naam. And previously we mentioned as well some of the asbab, some of the reasons why you find someone will fabricate a narration. Can anyone remember them? Some of them we mentioned. To support their bid'ah. Naam. That you find someone who will narrate something, fabricate a narration to support their innovation. Naam. Taqlid al madhhab. Naam. But which one? Fiqh and itiqad. Naam. So someone, based on their taqlid, based upon their, their uh, blind following of a madhhab, whether it be a madhhab in fiqh or a madhhab in creed, they will find that they will. Um, Fabricate narrations. They they will fabricate narrations. Now, what else? Like what, for example? Though it's true, but there's something specific that they will do. We've seen like a muhaddith. That's one. So that's one example. So they'll fabricate narration. So that it seems like they have more narrations with them. So it seems like I've memorized X amount of hadith. Half of them are maybe not even hadith. However, they want to make it appear as though that they have a large amount of narration that they've memorized or written down. So they fabricate narrations. Now for this, for the surah, for the image that they narrated many. Naam. Afam. Naam. Another them. Some individuals, they, they fabricate narrations to uh, establish relationships or get closer to people in power. So they will fabricate narrations that may um, incline a person in power to them. And so they do so, like this. Allah Ta'ala knows best. And these are some of the reasons. There's others, but these are some of the reasons why you find people who fabricate narration. Jail. As for the levels, then first and foremost, of course, we have the narration of the Nabi, alayhi salatu Then we have the narration of the Sahaba. So that which the Sahaba narrated from Nabi, alayhi salatu What's the definition of a Sahabi? Mm-hmm. 
something, one last thing, but يعني نمشيك إن شاء الله نمشيك. Was there so basically? So he met the Nabi عليه الصلاة والسلام. He believed in him, believed in him, and died upon Islam. Nam and died upon that belief. And so why do we say that he met the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Why do we say he saw the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? They were black companions. Naam. So if we, if we restricted it to those that saw him, then this would negate those that were blind. So we say the ones that met the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that they believed in him. And that they died upon that belief. These are the Sahab. I think I asked this last time. I'm almost certain I asked this last time. But I'll ask again. Because not everyone here was last time. It was here last time. Based upon that uh, definition, Najashi, is he from the Sahab? Mahadram. Is Mahadram? Why? He didn't meet the Prophet. No. So he. He, he didn't meet him, so that's one condition God. He believed in Islam, and he died upon them. As no, as he does, Salat al-Ghayb was prayed upon him. That's just delayed that he died upon them. However, because he didn't meet the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he's not regarded as being from the Sahaba. Makhadram is who? What's the, what's the Makhadram? Who are the Makhadramin? Who are the Makhadramun? Yani? But didn't meet him. Naam. Naam. So they regard as being from the Tabi'in. Naam regard as being from the Tabi'in. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Tayyib. Isa alayhi salam. Is he from the Sahab? It's not conditioned though. There was not, not, in, in, in the definition, it doesn't matter what. There's no mention of when they came. He hasn't died yet. It's a good answer. But we know for sure that he's going to die upon Islam. He's a higher level because he's a Nabi. That was the khalasa now. That was the khalasa. He jumped straight, he jumped straight to the point. So the, 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 the main thing is, first of all, it's a su'al, it's a question that doesn't really bring about any real benefit. Why? Because in order to understand who the Sahaba are and the definition of who the Sahaba are is due to the fact that Allah Ta'ala has praised these individuals. So we need to establish who they are. Now establish who are these individuals that are thiqat udu, that are trustworthy. Now I'm not questioning in terms of their trustworthiness. However, Isa alayhi salam is a Nabi. So Allah Ta'ala has praised him in relation to his Nabuwa. Likewise, um, Naam, likewise, it doesn't bring about any real benefit because in relation to the Sahaba, we want to know who the Sahaba are in order to look into their narrations. Naam, the narrations upon the Nabi, alayhi salatu wasalam. That if he's in a Sahabi, then we know that we take his narration. He's Sahabi. Naam. However, there are no narrations from Isa, alayhi salam. Naam, so it doesn't bring about any, any benefit. However, if we were to look at the definition, strictly look at the definition of the Sahabi, and look at the affair of Isa alayhi salam, then we would say that yes, 
he falls into that category. Why? Because he met the Prophet Wasallam. When? He saw Amiraj. He believed in him, no doubt. And even though he, Wasallam, has not died, we know that he will die upon that belief. That's what's been affirmed within the Kitab and the Sunnah. So we know that he will die upon that belief. So upon that, upon that definition, he falls into that category. However, generally speaking, it does not bring about any real benefit because he is a, he's a Nabi. So his makana is that which is higher anyway. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Naam. And finally, the final thing I wanted to, wanted to discuss, and this is more in relation to what we're going to cover, are the books of the Sunnah. The books of the Sunnah. And the books of the Sunnah, the head of them, are the Qutb al-Sitta. Now I'm the Qutb al-Sitta. Six books of Hadith. And who knows them, first and foremost, in order? They're in a particular order. It differs of opinion, but I want a particular order, inshallah. <laughs> Bukhari first. You sure? Bukhari first. Bukhari Muslim Abu Dawood Sunnah Abu Dawood Tirmidhi Nasa'i Tirmidhi Nasa'i Yes Ibn Majah So Bukhari Muslim Sunnah Abu Dawood Tirmidhi and Nasa'i Sunan Ibn Majah. Ibn Majah. So the first one is Sahih Bukhari. Sahih al Bukhari. By Muhammad ibn Ismail al Bukhari. Naam. Rahimahullah. And this is regarded as being the most authentic book. The most authentic book after the book of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Quran and the reason for that is due to the fact that Imam Bukhari whilst he sought and he he sought to gather narrations that were authentic narrations he also had a specific condition as well now which differs from Muslim what was that condition anyone know Yes, so which is referred to as thabut al-liqa' thabut al-liqa' so it's confirmed and it's affirmed that each narrator met the other Naam, it's confirmed that each narrator met the other whether it's by way of the person narrating themselves saying I met Fulan or a third person, a third party saying I met this person, Naam, I met him Naam. However, Muslim, Imam Muslim, what did he state? What was his condition? As long as they had mu'asara, naam, as long as they lived in the same period of time. So as long as there was the possibility for them to have met. Naam. So they lived in the same era, 
and there's a possibility for them, for them to have met. For example, that one lives in one land and the other one lives in another land, but live in the same era, and they perform Hajj the same year, for example. Then this was sufficient for Muslims. Naam, for acceptance. And so Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim are seen as the, most, the two of the most authentic of the books. Naam. And they sought to attain to gather narrations which are Sahih. Their manhaj was to gather the authentic narrations. That was their manhaj. Naam, Allah. Naam. Whilst some of the muhaddithin in the past, they gave precedence to Muslim over Bukhari. Why? Anyone know? The way is Naam. The way is compiled. The order of the hadith. Now, this is something which, which uh, the muhaddithun they give great importance to. Naam. The order of the hadith. The ease for a person to go to the, to the book and read it and find narrations. But in reality, if we're talking about the, the, the head of the affair, which is authenticity and strength in authenticity, then Bukhari takes precedence. But Bukhari and Muslim, both of them, sought to gather narrations which are sahih. And that's not the case for all the Qutb al-Sitta, which we will discuss in a, in a second, inshallah. Tayyip, what other books do we know of that are not from the Qutb al-Sitta, where they had the same manhaj, where they sought to gather narrations which were authentic? Musnad of Imam? Yeah, Imam Ahmed. Tayyip. Other than that? Sunan Darmi? No Sunan Darmi. Ibn Khuzayma. Naam. Sahih Ibn Khuzayma. Imam Ali Mwata. Naam. where he sought to he sought to compile narrations that were not found in Bukhari Muslim that, but they were according in what he, he saw them to be according to their conditions so we have exa- the prime examples are Ibn Khuzayma Mustadrak of Hakim and Ibn Hibban as well Ibn Hibban so even though they're not from the Qutb al-Sitta, why? Because they are, even though they sought to gather narrations which are Sahih, a lot of the narrations that they gathered, or there's a, there was a large amount of narrations that they gathered which were not authentic in reality. Now, after Bukhari Muslim, we have Sunan Abi Dawud. Sunan Abi Dawud. And what, what is a book of Sunan? They compiled in Abu'ab al-Hakam. They compiled in relation to Abu'ab al-Fiqh. So you find Kitab al-Tahara in the beginning, Kitab al-Salah, or chapters in relation to Kitab al-Salah. Naam. And so these are the ahadith and the narration in relation to those, the Qutb al-Sunnah. And Sunnah Abi Dawud is no different. And so he sought to compile all the narrations which were mustadilla bihayan. Or mustadilla biha. All of the narrations that were used as adilla, proof. 
that were taken and used as proof. Whether they were authentic or not, this was not his mawdu' or, or his manhaj. He was not seeking to merely gather narrations that were authentic or accepted. Rather, he was seeking to gather narrations that were used as proof for particular ahkam or fiqh positions. Then you have uh, Sunan of Tirmidhi. Again, Book of Sunan. Again, he sought to gather narrations which were used as delil. And not merely just gather narrations that were sahih. He sought to gather narrations that were used as delil. And a proof of that is the fact that he, know, he will mention narrations and mention the hukum of that narration, whether it's sahih, hasan, gharib, da'if. So he might mention himself that the hadith is da'if. So we know it's not, it wasn't his manhaj to discover hadith which was sahih. Because he, he may mention himself that hadith is hasan or the hadith is da'if. Then we have a sunan nisa'i. Naam, which is similar. And Ibn Majah, again similar as well. And as you know, we will be going through Kitab Sunnah bi ta'ala from Sunan Abi Dawood bi ta'ala. So we'll be going through some more of the narrations from Sunan Abi Dawood. And bi what we've mentioned now in this, in this uh, short gathering, this short sitting, will just be an overview and an aid in understanding some of the narrations in further detail, inshallah. فجزاكم الله خيرا وبارك الله فيكم وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم نعم the one that rejects the the hadith first and foremost there's 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 the first way you discuss it which is that this is from the speech of the messenger of allah so they have to accept it now as allah mentions that he referring to the messenger of allah does not speak from his desires rather that which he speaks is wahi and he receives and he receives a revelation as well so this speech from the messenger of allah وسلم, is not from his own desires this is the first one now this is the first affair the second is that when a person accepts quran he has to understand that he's accepting riwayah as well quran is riwayah Naam, Quran is that which has been narrated from through generations. There's no difference to hadith. Naam, the difference being that the Quran is recited. And the Quran is mutawatir. However, if now you have a Qur- the Quran which is mutawatir, but then you have the hadith which are brought up someone and they're mutawatir as well. What's the person going to do? Because the person cannot say now my reason for accepting Quran is mutawatir. Mutawatir meaning what? That in every level of that narration, it's impossible that they came together and have lied. Now, it's impossible that they came together and lied. So that's the first. 
that if a person says that the Quran because it's from from the speech of Allah, I would say that because it's from the speech of Allah, you say okay, but this is this is these are all narrations as well. It's all from riwayah or riwayah as well. And they say no, no, I know it's riwayah, but it's mutawatir. Okay, jazakumullah khair. But we have a hadith which is mutawatir as well. On top of that, we do not say that we only accept a hadith which is mutawatir. For no doubt, we are of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We accept a hadith narration which are ahad. Naam, khabru ahad narrations that have less than this number of mutawatir. Why? Because we take from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. And he alayhi salatu wasalam did so. And from the strongest of proofs for this, and this is something mentioned by Shaykh Rabi' is the hadith Mashhur, the well known hadith, when on which is narrated by Ibn Abbas, but it's the affair, it's a story, the kissa of Mu'adh ibn Jabal. And the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to Yemen. And he said, In the Kateti Kaumi Ahli Kitab. So it's indeed you're going to the people of the book. But the first thing you call them to, the shahada of La ilaha illallah. But the first thing you call them to, shahada of La ilaha illallah. And so, this is an affair of aqidah. How many mu'av did he send? One. So he entrusted this one person to transmit this affair of deen and narrate from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, from what the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam received from Wahid. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Naam. So he sent one mu'ad with his narration. So we understand by way of that from the Sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam that, that we don't restrict ourselves to Tawatur. To that which is mutawatir. And all of these things are a rejection of this notion that you can only accept from Quran. Naam, rather, the person must take from the Must take from the two narrations. Uh, from the two revelations, rather. And in reality, the one that is upon this way or the one that seeks to be upon this way really and truly seeking to, to remain upon their desires. Because no. if they now they reject the Sunnah and they reject anything found within the Sunnah and the Hadith, then there's a lot of ahkam that they do not have to adhere to. So you find the women from them don't cover. You find that they don't pray. There's no Hajj because there's no there's nothing mentioned in regards to Hajj or in its details. Because that's in the Hadith, Hadith Tawil, Hadith Jabir, and so they will leave off many of the ahkam and indulge in many of the affairs of desires and batil. And this is really the reality of these. This is the reality of these people that they are seeking to do so only to increase upon their disobedience. And Allah Taala knows best, and they want to make a way to do that, which uh, where they can maintain that they are following something of. Of religious adherence, no, but it's all in reality is misguidance. No, no.
They say that they can have people in this era that are more knowledgeable than the first three generations. First and foremost, the affair of the first three generations is not restricted to knowledge. And when we mention them, we mention them not only about their knowledge, but about their fadl, about their virtue. Because the Nabi alayhi salatu salam mentioned that these are the best of these generations. Naam. So they're the best, not only in knowledge, but in virtue. So we say, Law salam na jadalan. And even if we were to accept what this person is saying, for argument's sake, what do you want by way of that? What does it mean that this person possesses more knowledge? Naam. Because the person cannot run away and escape the reality that these first three generations possess more fadl. They possess more virtue. And this is why these first three generations are followed. Naam. That's the first thing. And that's why they are adhered to because they're the ones that possess the most amount of virtue. The second is in reality this person will not have more knowledge than them. Naam. For they took from those that were closest to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi And those that were close to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi had the best understanding of the affair of the Sunnah. And so you have ilm and you have ma'rifah. You have knowledge, true knowledge, ilm al-nafiyah, beneficial knowledge. This beneficial knowledge is something which can be acted upon. Beneficial knowledge which can be acted upon يحتاج إلى فقه في الدين نعم it's something which is in need of fiqh, understanding in deen. A person that is with the Sahaba and with the best of the people, no doubt, has greater understanding of deen. As for the one that comes much after them and has not sat with them, has not benefited from them in terms of their knowledge, their mannerisms, all these things, they're not going to have the same amount of understanding in deen. So then it cannot be said that they have same, the same amount of knowledge. Even if, again, jadran. Even if we just say for argument's sake that they, they knew more things. Naam. In terms of what they know and what they understand from what they know, this is gonna be, there's going to be a great difference. How the word, as they say, this is in one valley and that's in another valley. Naam. So the person that says this, first and foremost, we say, what do you, what's the cost? What's the, what's the, what's the maqsood? What's the intent behind what you're saying? Right? Because first and foremost, even with the more knowledge, if you claim there is more knowledge, you cannot escape the fact that they have more virtue. Because the Prophet ﷺ praised them. And the Nabi ﷺ said these are the best of the people. The affairs ended at that. Naam. Likewise, with that fact, we have to affirm that these are the people that had the best understanding in relation to the deen. Now, in relation to this affair of ilm. So, they may put that in, so whatever they possessed, they had better understanding of that. So, it's of no benefit to mention mere numbers. Now, this person memorized this more than this one, for example. Because that's mere numbers. That's quantity. But what this deen and this da'wah is based upon is quality. Now, and ilm al-nafiq. Now, beneficial knowledge, the knowledge which a person acts upon. And the best way to act upon it is when you have understanding in deen. So this is, this is what you, you differentiate between the two. But the first question you, you, you have to ask is, what is the intent behind that? 
because it seems as though, and Allah knows best, that someone that would come with a statement like that, they're seeking to belittle and negate somewhat the affair and the virtue of the Salaf al-Salih in order to bring something jadid. Allah knows best. No. Inshallah. <laughs> The Imam, the Imam, the regular Imam's late. He still has a regular priority. He still has the priority. Now, if he doesn't turn up, if he doesn't turn up, that's something else. But first of all, just the main point about the regular Imam. Now, the regular Imam is placed in authority by those that have that have the authority of the Masjid. Now, so it's not for anyone now to say Salah is at two o'clock. It's two o two. Khalas. Fulan Ahmed, go and read the salah. La. Naam. The Imam is placed in that authority and it's upon the Muslim to wait for him to come. Naam. If now we're in a scenario where the Imam has tafrit in this regard, he's, he's negligent in relation to it, then he should be advised, or those that are above him should be advised that he should be replaced even. Naam. But it's not for the people to, amongst themselves to take a, a control of that situation. Naam. However, if it's a scenario where the Imam hasn't turned up, no, he hasn't come at all, then if it goes back to those that are in uh, control of the masjid, or those that are mas'ul and responsible for the masjid. So usually someone's opened the masjid. So this person has opened the masjid has been given some form of responsibility in that regard. If he's the only one that has responsibility, or the mu'adhan for example, he's the only one that has a responsibility, then it's for him to lead the salah. However, because he's the only one at that point that has responsibility, he is able to delegate that to someone else. Naam. Just as the Imam, for example, the Imam comes, he has, he's the one that takes precedence. But for whatever reason, he says, Fulan, lead the salah. Naam. He can pass that on to anyone else. Just like, for example, someone's home. When it's in your own home, you take precedence. You're leading the salah. You might know, just Amma. And everyone that's, that's come to visit you are Hufad, Allah Mubarak. But it's your home. So you're Imam of that home. So you can lead, you, you take the president and lead in the salah. However, while, due to the fact that you're the Imam, you're able to delegate this to another individual. So it's the same concept when you're inside the masjid as well. If it's a case of him, if, he, if he's weak to the extent that he's, he has. Uh, uh, he has major mistakes in his fatiha, then this is, this is not possible for a person to lead the salah. If he has mistakes in his fatiha, you know, that's a rukun from the arkan of salah. No, 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 best. Zakum al khaira. Sallallahu wa barak. Nabi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.